this episode of uh, Newcomer Interviews, the Peranta features Rosano. Please introduce yourself. Hi. As uh, George says, I am Rosano Greenstripe. That's my handle on the internet. Um, I go by he, him, and I'm located in uh, the mountains of North Carolina in the United States. So how did you get into RPGs? I was a theater nerd in school, um, and one of my theater nerd friends uh, ran 3.5 D&D back in the day. So if you want to do some yeah. some uh, anthropology, you can figure out, okay, high school, 3.5. You know. But uh, that was, well, that was my introduction. I would say that I really got into it uh, when I went to a local game store, and I met a crew of people there that did a whole bunch of different stuff, and I actually run with that crew to this day. Um, we don't just play like your standard, you know, D20, D&D, Pathfinder stuff. We played stuff like Bolt of Darkness, some Masterminds. We're currently playing Savage Worlds in the Deadlands setting. We've got a completely homebrew system that we've been working on for a couple of years now. Oh, nice. So it's it's not like a like I I I know of more applications for a D12 than just a Barbarians, you know, <laughs> hit that. So so you're not using the new Savage World Deadlands that just came out. No, that is what we're using. We're actually using the. Um, oh, okay. Uh, they got a box set that the, um, the the GM procured the horrors at Heston Hill. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're going through that story arc right now. Nice. So, how did you first come across Glorantha? Uh, it was a mention on a forum, uh, specifically of the game King of Dragon Pass. So alongside, um, you know, being a theater nerd, I also really like strategy games. And this one that was like a half strategy game, half virtual novel. And it's got like this really amazing lore. Uh, is I uh, found that it was, this was after the GOG edition had come out. So it was pretty easy to obtain. And I gave it a shot and I just, it was, it was almost love at first sight. Yeah. And you, you played it on uh, like Mac or PC or something? You didn't PC. Stop? Okay, right, yeah. Cause, yeah, because uh, I think this was before the um, the mobile releases. Uh, yeah, because I think it, it got a bigger second life, I think, when it got released on, on iPad. Yeah, I, I, it kind of does, it, it really does work well on tablets. I mean, I've, I do most of my gaming on PC anyways, but like the both the UI and just the presentation of the game does fit a tablet more, does fit, fit a tablet very well. Yeah, yeah. So you still got the quirky version with all the details, like which crops to grow and so on. Yeah, like where you have to choose, like how if, you know, trying to actually raise sheep and like, but there's no specific sheep blessing. It's uh, yes, some of the really really wonky mechanics. And you got yeah. into <laughs> and you got into L now. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I I do love one of the the quotes that you see just like floating around the internet. It's like only in Glorantha could you have the question of you know Yelmal and not have it be you know not one or the other, but actually both. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, was that your only uh, contact with Glorantha for a while, or that was probably my most the the, the biggest in, uh, introduction that I had to it? Like I would I would like lurk forums and like you know read old posts and stuff okay <laughs> i would say that, that was my real my real gateway into the setting and so how how did you eventually get to play rpgs in glorenta that unfortunately is a bit of a problem is that i've not been able to play a, an actual game set in glorantha yet oh, no. um yeah i have <laughs> pitched the game to my friends um and they they just kind of bounced off of them unfortunately Ooh, yeah but was it that bounced off them or... Um... Part of it was the way that I was selling it. 
that's the that's the parlance that we use in uh, in our group for like, oh, I've got this thing that I'm really interested in. You know, let me see if I can get you know some hype built for that uh, around the period. It's like, okay, I'm not selling this well, or you've really sold me on it. I think part of it is I was really really fo- pushing the Orlanti angle because that's what you know I'm familiar with. Again, coming from King of Dragon Pass, coming from you know most of the published content has a very Orlanti slant. Yeah, and I feel like if IRL, a lot of my friends would be lunars. So there's, there was a bit of like the, oh, well, this is the way that it's set up. And like, you know, the, the red moon is the bad guy. And they're like, really? Are you sure? <laughs> so yes. I, I think it was um, with the right presentation. And especially if I focused a little bit more on some of the other aspects of the story, as a, then I think that they would like it a bit more. But uh, we've got enough on our plate as it is. So I'm not worried about pushing that right now. All right. I was, I was, uh, I was wondering if, what we would need is a, a marketing pamphlet, you know, to get people excited about it. But I guess maybe the starter set is is, is going to be that. <laughs> um, I can say uh, that while I haven't played a game initially, like explicitly set in Glorantha, I have used Glorantha as an inspiration for playing other games. Oh, yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I can give a for instance, if I'm allowed a, a, a bit of a tangent. Go on. Yeah. So um, this the crew that I'm with right now. Uh, they were running a, a fifth ed game uh, yeah, in a uh, in a homebrew setting, and I was and basically I said to myself, "Well, if they won't let me play or set in a game in Glorantha, well, we'll just bring Glorantha to this." <laughs> so I told yeah. the GM that was running it, "Okay, basically, I want to play in Ermali, which is," and I explained to him, "It's." <laughs> You know, is this is this very Loki like trickster archetype who you know plays pranks and you know messes with people, but he's not just you know a sadistic you know a sadistic psychopath. You know, he is just as much the butt of a joke as, as he is the person who inflicts pain and inflicts uh, you know and makes other people you know be laughed at. But the reason you keep him around is that there are things that he will be able to do that nobody else can do because of his unique perspective. Yeah. Uh, so I ended up making a goblin pyromancer uh, sorcerer arch- uh, class. And I can give you a good example of, especially that last part. We had got to one of the very later sessions where like the story was getting like really big and like reading up to the final battle. And my goblin was part of an organization that was using these like mana relays to broadcast energy across a, a wide area. Um, and one of our other heroes had this like, blessed artifact divine spear thing that was like meant to kill gods it was like i said really late in the game so i was like hey i have an idea and i brought him up to like the the focusing lens of the thing of the the mana relay and said hey put the spear in there do it do it i dare you do it do it and just mostly to see what would happen (laughs) but uh the character who's like very devout, religious and praying and stuff. And as he, you know, said, okay, well, I'm going to take a moment to like make a sacrament to my God and ask, you know, what would be the outcome of the situation? And the GM rolls some dice and says, you see a vision of your enemies being uh, scoured by holy light. And he goes, okay. And he chucks the spear in and basically turns this mana relay into a giant holy cannon that blasts a hole into our enemy fortifications. And that was the entrance into, you know, the final dungeon, basically. Nice. Yeah. Well, I think when I uh, when I first encounter Ermalis, 
I basically remember my uh, my years playing a Malkavian uh, vampire in yes. Vampire in the Masquerade, and that was so much fun. Yeah, and I definitely didn't want him to just be like lol random. I wanted him to be again like for him. There were definitely times where I was the butt of the joke, and yeah. I he could give as well as he as well as he gave. Yeah, and that was one thing I really did like about that character. Cool. Um, okay. He he died in the final battle, which is appropriate. But yeah. <laughs> the GM had a contingency plan as part of some of the things that were going on. They had basically cloned my character and they had mass produced this insane power mancer, you know, uh, character. And he was going to be slated to be the next universal threat in the next game. Oh, my God. Oh, my. The boggles. The, the next campaign is the Clone Wars, the, the Ermal Clone Wars. Yeah. Very Karatha. <laughs> What element of Karatha grabbed your attention? What are your favorite things about the setting, other than Yomali? I mean, I mean, they're really, that, that's just real fun. But, I mean, we can talk about, you know, Ermal and, you know, his links to Loki. Uh, one of the big things that really does draw me to Lorantha is the lore and the mythology of it. Um, I had the Dolaire's book of Greek myths as a kid, and I read that book, like, back to forth, back to forth, like, dozens yeah. of times over. And I just love the, you know, I really fell in love with Greek and uh, world mythology as a kid. And, you know, reading through the, you know, the myths and the stories and the, you know, the, the whole idea of hero questing to be, you know, emulate a god. And, you know, in order to gain power from that, Really, like I said, that that reading through the the lore sections really reminds me of the kid is checking out that book from the library dozens and dozens of times and just reading it over and over again. The only, not not the only, but another thing that I really love about Lorantha is that it's a weird fantasy. It's not just another Tolkien knockoff. You know how the elves are plants and dragons are these weird cosmic constructs and dwarves are basically living in you know a post-apocalyptic fallout in the middle of this fantasy setting. Yeah. Um, I really love games that aren't just oh we're going to do Tolkien with the serial numbers filed off again. I really love you know games that have this their own unique perspective and you know okay you know how can we you know maybe take some things that are familiar so that people have you know an, an entry point and something they can be familiar with and then just go completely freaking bonkers with it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, bonkers we can offer. <laughs> um, so your your Glorenta definitely has ducks. Oh, of course not. Of course it does. I mean, <laughs> when a duck covered in you know a death rune shows your doorstep, you know, and asks for a duel, you don't say no. <laughs> yes, you don't. No, because then he'll. If you do, you only lose one thing. If you don't, you'll lose multiple. Well, you can always call for a war. But uh, okay, uh, ducks are a bit of. A... <laughs> Difficult topic. They are, yeah. I can understand that. Yurik is anti-duck. Uh, which br really brings me to the next question. What are things you don't like or things you find difficult to approach about Lorantha? There's probably the biggest thing that, and this is probably one thing that would make it, that makes it difficult for me to pitch the game to uh, my crew. Um, and I'll go ahead and put up a bit of a trigger warning for you know people who may be listening at home. But um, Fed, specifically, uh, her whole theology and cos and her role in the cosmos mm -hmm. yeah is can be a bit troublesome to deal with and like explaining that you know because you can't really gloss over her she's part of the unholy trio she's you know yeah. very big and important to the, the setting so you know that's kind of having to be hey here's a goddess whose primary uh element and in the universe is you know one of the major crimes of the setting and a major crime in real life so having to approach that, you know, that's not something that you have to, you know, treat with the same respect that you would like, you know, some of the stuff you see in like a, you know, a Forgotten Realms book. 
Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's something that does, you know, you have to tread a little bit more carefully around. Although um, I looked into this uh, a few months ago to, you know, figure out uh, how was, I was going to uh, handle like brews and stuff in my Glorenta. Mm-hmm. And I realized that the, the RuneQuest 2 write-up of Thed has no mention of rape. It's only the uh, RQ3 write-up, which is quite cringy. Mm-hmm. If you go back to the RQ2 write-up, I believe... It's basically said she did bad things with Ragnaglar and they uh, had an offspring and that's pretty much all it says. Yeah, and I mean, obviously everyone's Glorantha will vary. You know, some yeah. people would be, you know, really interested in like, you know, delving into, you know, one places where Orlan's justice failed. And you could make there, there's a really strong argument that that's, you know, that's how she became how she was. Yeah. Um, but there's other groups that like, there's, I can think of some people who, you know, that would just be a 1000%. No, uh-uh, not touching that with a thousand, with a hundred foot pole. <laughs> yeah. We're not going over there. And learning how to navigate that, you know, again, is something that's, yeah. and something that you actually talk about, that you kind of touched on something there, Ludovic, that I do find that's a little challenging when it comes to Glorantha is just the, the depth of lore yeah. and how different editions at different times and different writers will have different perspectives on it. You kind of do have to do some historiography with this game because it's been yeah. around for so long <laughs> and like, okay, well, this is what this writer is saying about it. This is what this, you know, person, this is what this edition says, yeah. you know, how are we going to compare and contrast and, you know, yeah. So, well, yeah, yeah. It's tricky, yeah. but at least you can pick which one you prefer. Basically uh, the four letters, your Glorantha may vary. <laughs> you, you, I mean, not just may, will, but also yes. knowing where those different sources are and knowing how to pull from them what you know knowing what knowing that these other things exist in the first place can be a bit of a challenge as well i've found mm-hmm. oh yeah. yes it can uh, i mean i st- i came into Garanza about 10 years late and it was really a hard job to get uh, basic information at that time so right now it's we have uh, quite a lot of information available if you're just uh, springing the backs but back then, uh, it was what what is information? What do we have? <laughs> and I, I think that the internet really does help with that. But like, there's still books that you know haven't have been out of print for so long, or you know things like the newsletters that you know you really can't find anymore. Um, stuff that kind of is lost to the mists of history. Yeah, records are sometimes a bit scant, as opposed to you know again more published and you know not published, but like yeah. yes. more widespread. Uh, systems and games out there that you know there's 47 bajillion wikis yeah. but then on the other hand uh, this yoglorantha will worry also g- gives you the opportunity to just make stuff up it's this where is true. all of Glorantha came from this is true i mean you don't there's greg stafford is not going to come in and kick your door in if you don't exactly you know match the the lore and the setting and the tone exactly from what's in the books like you know you no. you are allowed to go off the script yeah uh, he might he might come and if you do <laughs> that's some god learner shit we don't do that in this house um, <laughs> we are the good learners <laughs> yeah so uh, do you have an ongoing game of Glorantha you said no I said no so I you know that's but that's why I brought up the stuff about that you know not yeah. her molly so yeah. <laughs> now if I was if there was an opportunity to play it or run it then I would definitely take it like I did look yeah. into the um the red bear or the, the red cow clan yeah. to, as a way to if there was an opportunity for me to run, that would probably what I would do as opposed to trying to like go through the yeah. whole clan creation process and come up with a whole new storyline for it. Let me twist the question a bit. So uh, we have three official uh, game systems to run with Glorantha. Yes. Which one would you choose? With my crew, I do love me some system complexity. 
I mean, like I've played GURPS and I've played like Meeks and Masterminds is, is a very flexible system, but the rest of my crew tends to prefer more narrative stuff. So I would probably do Mithras or the, um, cause that's what the, uh, the hero quest got is being rebranded into. Is that correct? Uh, quest worlds, you mean? Quest worlds, yeah. Quest worlds. Yeah. Mithras is like RuneQuest 6.5 or something. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. yeah, it's RuneQuest, but not, setting agnostic. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So yeah, I would definitely use the the quest world system, you know, right. things that allow for a lot more narrative interpretation as opposed to, you know, trying to worry about like strike ranges and stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But you are aware of uh, the uh, 13th Age alternative? I have seen that. I'm not very familiar with 13th Age, so I wouldn't feel comfortable running it. If someone was running it for me, I would certainly give it the college try. Uh, just lack of familiarity with the, with the 13th Age as a system, mm-hmm. I that would be a, a bit harder for me to... I'd have to do a lot more research, basically. I mean, if, you, if your crew already runs D&D, 13th Age is basically D&D 4.5 branched off into a slightly different direction, but it's it's close enough to D&D that it would probably feel a lot more familiar to, uh, to you and your crew, I think. Possibly. Though, um, I think the narrative stuff in Quest Worlds is very similar to what the Star Wars Edge of the Empire and the and its generic spinoff Genesis does. Um, yeah. I did run that for them for a while, and they really did seem to like that. So that's why I think that Quest Worlds would uh, mm. would work if yeah. if again if the opportunity arose. Yeah. Cool. So um, uh, looking back at your history in Garantha, uh would you recommend starting with King of Dragon Pass, or would you now uh, give people something else to look at first from what you have seen? It depends on the person. Um, like one of my friends in my crew who is also a strategy game fan like me, like I gave them King of Dragon Pass and they loved it. Whereas, you know, again, someone else in the same crew, uh, they're not as that much of a person, that that kind of a style. So they probably would bounce off King of Dragon Pass or um, Six Ages or, you know, that that really wouldn't probably appeal to them. Yeah. Um, so... It, uh, I did see a post on the subreddit, I think, earlier about an actual play that's going to be starting up soon for using RuneQuest 6 as the system. But uh, something like that, if someone is more like into a podcast, that would be a good place to start for them. Uh, or if they're just a turbo nerd like me, just like going and reading through the guide, you know, just less <laughs> as a um, less as a source book and more of a textbook, a very well-written textbook, but it's still a textbook. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. Not quite a PhD thesis, but... Uh... But, I mean, master's level. Um, yes. <laughs> I would, like I said, the answer to that, I really does feel, you know, you know your audience, I really I feel is the real answer to that question. Uh, yeah. Uh, is there anything about Arantha you would like to ask uh, us? Well, mostly Jörg. Jörg is the one who knows everything. Right. Um, <laughs> this is maybe not so much like a specific lore factor. I feel a lot of the stuff that I've encountered and a lot of the books that I've read and a lot of the more common um, or accessible, accessible is the good word to use here, material uh, that's out there right now focuses on the Gloranth, on, based on the Gloranthi, on the Orlanth versus Sar, uh, the Red Moon. lunar, yeah, the lunar conflict. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, stuff like Cults of Prax and um, the Big Rubble, books are also accessible so praxian games are also not difficult to run but if someone did see the section in in the guide or in the main book about like you know the brithoni or like something set in pomotella how do you 
expand your view outside of Dragon Pass? Basically, you'd uh, take a look at the chapters that interest you and really start building up from that. I have seen, uh, for example, Simon Bray's material on Fonrid, which is that slave state in northern Paramkamaltela. Mm-hmm. And he has, he has created quite a bit of uh, fanzine material on that. Yeah, you just take that, run with it, uh, sprinkle it with your own ideas and let it riff. Okay. Like sometimes, you know, I haven't read the guide cover to cover because that's, you know, that's crazy. Nobody, nobody does that um. except Jorn. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, but I, I often, you know, just turn to a page at random and read uh, a couple paragraphs on a random place. And okay. I find that even if it's just a city of 3,000 people and there is one paragraph about it, yes. just reading that paragraph I have a whole bunch of ideas flowing, and, you know, pictures in my head and stuff like that. So mm-hmm. um, yeah. I can I can write those down and yeah. then, you know, I let them... Per- you said it's jumping off point. Yeah, yeah, jumping off point. And then as as it percolates, I uh, cross-reference that with a bit of uh, real world history stuff. You know, mm-hmm. just like whatever comes to mind when you read that thing, you know, is it like some kind of African civilization or some Persians or whatever, or um, even just like if you don't know what to look for, you just look for, uh, you know, you have this picture of a city that is the gateway to the realm of the dead or something like that. And there's a, um, uh, how do you call that? Um, uh, not a crypt. Necropolis. Yeah, necropolis. Thank you. And so, you know, you look, Search for Bronze Age Necropolis on the, the go, and and then you look at pictures and and bits of uh, history, and then that fuels some more, and then you come up with something yeah. that is totally going to be not canon. I mean, there's zero chance that Chaosium, if in ten years they write a book about that exact place, mm-hmm. they will end up with the same thing that you did. But you'll probably still end up with something cool, and especially given the given the fact that Glorantha is a Bronze Age fantasy world, it will already be original in that sense because there's very few other Bronze Age uh, fantasy worlds out there. This isn't another uh, another medieval fantasy where it's like oh knights and horses and castles yeah. and stuff again. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so just by virtue of looking up. You know what other people did in in you know 500 BCE or 2000 BCE. Yes. You're gonna end up with stuff that is gonna be original to your players, uh, and yeah. it's gonna be cool. That kind of does touch on uh, what has been what I've noticed is my when I run games, it's not like just from a uh, you know box. Like if I am coming up with something original, my golden rule as a GM has been. Don't be afraid to steal from, you know, whatever media or plots, games, movies, books, songs, whatever. As long, this is the important part, as long as your crew doesn't know what you're stealing from. (laughs) Oh, you can steal in the open. It's fine. Uh, Just steal from uh, several places at once. This is true. Like diversifying your stealing from, you know, does help. But like when I was running, uh, again, not to get too far off topic, but. When I was running Star Wars, I wanted, you know, basically a a ghost ship. Yeah. Something, the feeling of, you know, like uh, back in the days of the Age of Sail, where like, you know, once you got far from shore, things were like mysterious. You didn't know what you were going to run into. It's not just, oh, another freighter. Yeah. Um, so I ended up running a song based, or a, a game based off of a song 
from an album called Carmen Miranda's Ghost. It's about these basically space sea shanties. And the song is called Dawson's Christian. So they encountered Sodden's Believer, which was this ghost ship that saved them. But then it didn't just like vanish into hyperspace. It visibly faded away and left the bones of the dead crew floating in space before they too vanished. And the whole party for the rest of the group was going, what the fuck? What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, nice. So again, be like inspiration can come from anywhere. Just make sure that they don't know what you're stealing from or to only steal specific parts and mix it together into your own unique stew. I'm going to kind of modulate that a bit by saying that sometimes you want to know, well, you want the players to know what you're stealing from to get buy-in. In the sense that, uh, you know, if you say, this is going to be a, you know, fistful of dollars type thing, Mm-hmm. They know that um, even if it's a science fiction setting with two different moons, the competing moons around the planet, or a Bronze Age setting with two competing clans, they know that it's going to be a thing where you know the, there's a certain uh, you know either um, you know Western or samurai vibe because Fistful of Dollars itself was inspired by uh, Kurosawa. Uh, yeah, uh, Kurosawa. I don't remember which movie though, but uh, anyway, and uh, and so they know what they're up for. Uh, so for example, my current Glorantha campaign, mm-hmm. uh, the tagline is basically the Goonies in Glorantha. Okay. Um, the, the players are playing kids, but it's kind of high adventure is basically the, like the Goonies so that they know there, there's already this, this buy-in that, yeah, we're kids, but we're going to be up to some serious shenanigans and we're going to be, you know, running around and getting chased by, scorpion man and whatever but that's fine we're kids and it's a like pulp adventure so to speak that's really so, interesting i've never thought to do something like that in Glorantha because like whenever I, again whenever i read the books or i you know think about it i think of this in like high grand mythic fantasy <laughs> uh, kind of style i would never have thought of to do something like that um yeah. but i think I, I i think i definitely agree with you what you're saying i think that we're coming at it from two different angles in that what you're talking about is more the the initial pitch yeah. Um, when you know when so when you're the elevator pitch getting someone on board, mm-hmm. um, yeah. I'm talking about like okay, well it's okay. I run on Saturday and it's Thursday. What the what the hell am I gonna do? <laughs> and you're just and you're just and your eyes are just like glancing over your rack of DVDs and books and being like, hmm, that's more what I your was. Rack of DVDs. Yeah, I've got a I've got a bookshelf of DVDs. The, the early 2000 called and they want their DVDs back, man. Hey, hey, <laughs> these will never be delisted from YouTube. I will always have them. <laughs> well, um, actually, uh, you know, slight technological aparte, you should really rip them into, you know, MP4 videos or whatever. Oh, I didn't say I didn't have a nice closet, yeah. I, but I do have them there to look yeah, at. R- rip them and put them on your NAS because uh, those DVDs are not going to play anymore in a few years because the the format, yeah. the physical format deteriorates over time. Yeah. And, um, uh, yeah. and by now, I'm pretty sure some of your CDs and DVDs actually are corrupted and can't play anymore. I mean, yeah, I've, I've run into that. Uh, with some of my older stuff too already, okay. but you are right. But, you know, there is something about, you know, there, there's a different feeling to, you know, looking yes. over at, you know, physical media versus, yeah. you know, a folder on a screen. And also, uh, also you want your guests to be able to marvel at your collection of books and music taste. Exactly. And, and movie taste. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I figured maybe uh, somebody should make, uh, uh, you know, some kind of 
screen wall screen thing where you can you know you can point it to all the files on your file server or whatever and and it would show you know the the spines uh, you, know, mm-hmm. you swipe and this is my comic collection you swipe this is my rpg collection you swipe this is my movie collection and and so yeah. you can you well, can have this experience i don't know uh, we'll have to wait a few years for that uh, for that vr to be available <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking of a, just like a, a big LCD screen that you put on your wall uh, and then that your kids break after three days. Uh, but yeah, I was going to say that. So, yeah, uh, leaving Rwanda behind. Is there anything you do that you want to advertise here? Um, this isn't, I mean, I, I'm just a dude who, you know, br- browses cool stuff on the internet. I don't have a... Uh, anything anything of my own to really publish but uh i will say uh a lot of the stuff that i see in reading glorantha reminds me of some of the works of one of my other favorite rpg creators who is greg stoles he's done yeah. some like contracting work for um like white wolf he does uh, a lot of work in the one role engine yeah i will say if you like glorantha you should go check out the setting for rain mm, which yeah. is this weird fantasy setting uh again very glorantha-esque uh, not Glorantha esque, but uh, I would say it, it hits a lot of the similar notes for me. And like the, it's not just a standard yeah. off the shelf Tolkien with serial numbers filed off fantasy. Like it's got really interesting ideas and really unique stuff that if you, even if you don't ever run a game in it, it's worth reading just to steal the ideas from. Yeah. Well, so I'm, I'm still waiting for the second uh, second edition Kickstarter, but uh... yeah, I was going to say I, <laughs> yeah. I have I have the first edition book again looking up on my shelf. I have yeah, it there. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I would say again, I don't make anything. But if I had to plug one thing, that's what I would plug. Yeah, and I think yeah. for for people who don't know Rain, it's I think you play like heads of uh, states and and royal families, and this is really about the 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 struggle, like the political struggle and military struggle between big factions. But it doesn't have to be that that big of a like an epic scale too. It covers everything from okay, we're a small gang of thieves in this one city, and our reach is to the end of the block up to okay, I'm the marshal of a, an entire nation's army and we're going out on grand campaigns. The system yeah. is designed to accommodate you, you, not just your one character that you, know, you control. It's about, okay, we, we marshal, you know, we have access to these resources and these yeah. abilities and these, it's not just another standard dungeon crawl. It is about how do you fit in this larger system? Right, yeah. yeah. Not, not mechanical system, societal system. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I come from... Uh... Uh, I come from like the Call of Cthulhu side of Chaosium, and then I I fell into Delta Green, and from there, you know, it connected to Greg Stolze with uh, his work on Unknown Armies and yes, uh, Godlike I'm... and all that. So yeah, I'm I'm, I'm a big yeah. fan of Greg Stolze. Uh, people should check out his work definitely. Cool. And do you have any personal site or promote? Uh, do you promote your local gaming group or something like that? Um, no, we don't have anything like that. I will say if you are, if anyone is ever in, um, Western North Carolina in my neck of the woods, though, go to Wyvern's Tale. That's the, uh, our local gaming, our friendly local gaming store. They need more love. They're the best. Go, go, <laughs> go over there, buy some books, play a game. It's great. Cool. Awesome. Okay. Jörg, do you want to, um, finish with a, a couple of quick fire rounds? Yeah. Okay. So Jack or Trollkin? Trollkin. I do like, I actually do like the ooze uh, just as a concept. Just, you know, again, going into that weird fantasy uh, side of games. It's like, okay, yes, we call it a troll, but that doesn't mean it's a troll like what you know, buddy. (laughs) Yeah. 
Red goddess or invisible god? Uh, um, <laughs> I'm going to go invisible god. Just, again, I'm so pro Orlanti that it's hard to say yes to the red goddess, but <laughs> invisible, it, but invisible god is still, um, what? <laughs> uh, how do you pronounce the name of the northern continent of Laurentha? Dinertella. Mm, yeah, good. Okay. Oh, I got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, um, the other uh, pronunciation uh, does associate with the god. But... Yeah, but I, I was calling the god generous also. Yeah, well, that happens to me too. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I have in my head read the name of the god as Gennert, but I was always, uh, I always read the name of the continent as, as Gennertella. Yeah, being, being bilingual doesn't really help uh, with my internal... Uh, Yeah, the pronunciations, and I think Ludo has the same problem. Yes, <laughs> that's fair enough. My my tongue is hideously American. Uh, what what is your favorite mount, like uh, animal? I mean, it's hard to go wrong with the classic horse. Um, oh, okay. Especially if you do have the fire rune. But I would love to see uh, someone doing like maybe a uh, using like a, a fish or like a a. Uh, <laughs> Something like if you did have a water, if you did, if you were more like with a water room, like, okay, yes, I am water cavalry. I come in here riding a sea serpent. <laughs> I'm riding a trout in battle. <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's, so, inland, it would have to be, it would be a little bit more difficult. Yes. yes. But yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, but, but then I had people uh, asking me to play a centaur for dungeon crawl, which was a bit, little bit difficult too, because it had a lot of climbing. Yeah. Uh, getting them in tight narrow corridors is a uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, yeah. Jörg has uh, Jörg is working on some uh, on some water stuff on his own time. So maybe you should be thinking about uh, like water cavalry. Water cavalry. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a bit more like James Bond, I think. So you grab a turtle and use that as your uh, driver <laughs> or a ray. <laughs> a ray would work. Uh, yeah. Or like a faction of underwater raiders that like all ride seahorses. What should, be careful to not jump the shark. But I'm <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, uh, you get the wet hog. You have plenty of that stuff. But then yeah. they ride the water itself too. So you, uh, these people really surf the wave. Mm -hmm. Okay. One last one, uh, Jörg. Well, uh, what are your runes? My personal runes? Yes. Um, <laughs> probably Earth. I mean, it's hard not to say truth because I am literate and, you know, I have done a lot of studying. Um, and then probably, probably community. Ooh, okay, cool. Yeah. This will, um, be, uh, this will be passed on to the Russian government for your uh, psychological profile. I was going to say, I can't remember. It, it doesn't come to the tip of my tongue immediately, but the gender flip version of uh, Vinga The god, the god of men doing women's work. Nandan. Nandan. I would be probably a follower of Nandan. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Thank you for this uh, interview, for giving us your time and your opinions. Thank you for letting me on. It's been nice to hang out for, with, you guys, with you guys for a while and talk about stuff I don't usually get to talk about. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> well, you can uh, you can proceed to the next room where you will be given your God Learner uh, diploma. 
and uh, and then you yeah. can go to the sacrificial. I mean the um, um, purification chamber. Yes, the purification exactly. chamber. And, yeah, <laughs> and you you might uh, wish to join the Glorantha Discord because every now and then an impcon an improvised convention is held by the Chaosium staff. Yeah, um, oh. where you can talk to the talk to people and uh, both inside the panels and outside the panels. So. Yeah, actually, we might uh, we might also put um, uh, links to all the various Glorata discords because regularly there are some people posting. Uh, you know, I'm starting a game. I'm looking for players. So if you if you are open to playing online, you might actually be able to find some uh, uh, some online game. In, that would be cool. Uh, not yeah. too long. I was going to say, because I read that there was a lot of stuff on Google Plus uh, for Glorantha before it kind of went up yeah. in, in smoke. Yeah, it's still archived on Tepper Talk. Okay. But I will have to dig up where it is. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. If, if there's more resources out there, then I would love to see them. And, you know, for the people who are unfortunate like me, who there's just not much on the ground, then getting that out there would be great. Yeah, nowadays it's mostly Facebook, uh, BRP Central, and Discord, really, I think. Yeah. But there's also the archive of the first internet uh, presence of Toronto at all, which was the RuneQuest Digest and then the RuneQuest Daily. Mm-hmm. And you find those under glorantha.steph.in, Steph with double F. Yeah, we'll have okay. some links. Uh, and uh, that has a nice search engine. So if you want to see whether some weird fan had uh, something to say about a certain deity or place in Glorantha. That'd be the place to go. Uh, two decades or so back, just use the search engine there and you will get weird ideas. And sometimes you may even find a post by a certain Jorg back when he was young. Back in the yeah. salad days. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wasn't that young when I joined the daily. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It only felt that way. <laughs> cool. Okay. okay. Well, thank you. Thanks, Rosano. Thank you again. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this episode of the God Learner's Glorenthan Initiation Series. The intro music is Dancing Tiger by Dam Scray. The outro music is Islam Dream by Serge Quadrado. You can find us online at godlearners.com or on Twitter and Facebook at The God Learners. See you next time. Question everything to the void and beyond.